You're listening to a Mango Languages podcast. Hey friends, and welcome back to How Language Works. I'm Emily, your friendly neighborhood linguist. And as you know, in this series, we unpack the foundational systems that underlie how language works. And in today's episode, we're talking about prosody. start by asking you a question. What's the difference between the words entrance and entrance? It's the same sounds in the same order, but there's a difference in where we put the oomph in the word, right? But specifically, what is it that gives us that oomph feeling? That's got everything to do with prosody. And in today's episode, we're diving into what prosody is, how it works in language, and you'll be able to identify prosody's three main features. And as you're about to discover, there is a lot of information hiding in the melodic peaks and valleys of our everyday turns of phrase. And in some languages, putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable can actually change the meaning of a word entirely. (laughs) You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. (laughs) Shout out to that line from A View from the Top. If anyone saw that movie... Okay, without further ado, let's dive into it. So let's start at the beginning. What is prosody? Simply put, prosody is the aspect of language that gives prominence to certain chunks of words and phrases over others. As a result, people often refer to prosody as the music of language because those peaks in prominence are what give different languages different rhythms, sounds, and melodies. Now, there are three main features that drive prosody, and those are loudness, pitch, and duration. So let's think back to that example of entrance, as an entrance to a house, versus entrance, to entrance somebody. How many syllables do each of those words have? The answer is yes, two. And for those of you out there wondering, what the heck is a syllable? Syllables are essentially the smallest prosodic unit that we have. And they usually consist of a vowel and a consonant or two, but it really, really depends on the language. And it can be most helpful to think of syllables as the beats of our speech. In fact, you can usually identify the number of syllables in a word by tapping your finger as you say the words slowly. Mango languages. So, Entrance and entrance both have two syllables, and they're both made of the same two syllables, N and trance. So what changes is where we put the stress. And how do we add that stress to the desired syllable? Well, with the three features that drive prosody, by making it louder, higher, and longer, or some combination of those features. And did you know that those features aren't just subjective auditory perceptions. They're actually associated with very measurable differences in the acoustic properties of our speech. So loudness, for example, can be measured in decibels. Pitch is measured in hertz. And syllable length is measured in, well, seconds or milliseconds. It's important to note that we differentiate the loudness, the pitch, and the duration of our syllables at the word level. So with words like entrance and entrance, but we also apply these prosodic features at the sentence level, or what linguists like to call the intonational phrase. For instance, it's quite common across world languages to use pitch to demarcate syntactic boundaries. We tend to end declarative sentences with a falling tone, and we generally end questions with a rising tone, right? See what I did there? Comedian Nikki Glaser has a really funny example for how changing stress on an intonational phrase 
can change the meaning of the phrase completely. So her bit goes that as a kid, her family would change the intonational stress of the phrase stay-at-home mom to stay-at-home mom. This functionally changed a noun phrase describing an occupational lifestyle to a command telling their mom where to stay. Stay-at-home mom and stay-at-home mom are identical phrases save for the way that prosodic features are being employed. That is the loudness, the pitch, and duration of different words. And in just a moment, we'll talk about why changing the stress in an intonational phrase like this changes its meaning. Now, while those three main prosodic features, which are loudness, pitch, and duration, can fluctuate independently of one another, there are some known correlations between them. Try this. Say your name at a normal conversational level, and then try yelling your name as loud as you can. Your pitch probably got higher when you yelled it. Your pitch probably got higher when you yelled it because louder sounds tend to correlate with higher pitch. Who knew? Linguists knew. Okay, so now we know the three main features that drive the prosody in our speech. But why do we have them? Well, I like to say that there are three main paths to prosody. And by that, I mean that the prosodic features of human speech can arise in three different ways. Okay, the first path was that we sprinkle prosody on top of our language for added effect. How does this work? Well, as we mentioned earlier, we can use intonational stress to demarcate phrase boundaries. This basically means outlining how the words in a sentence should be chunked together in meaningful bits. That's how we get the stay-at-home mom versus stay-at-home mom distinction. We also use prosody to express sarcasm, irony, and suggest the cadence of a joke. And of course, we also use it to express our emotional state. Just think of how different it sounds to say, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. In fact, prosody is the most sorely missed piece of linguistic information when it comes to our email and texting communications these days. That's why we end up trying to replicate our spoken prosody by strategically adding things like exclamation points, writing okay with 15 letter A's, or sending an email in all caps. So aggressive, don't do that. Emojis help too, but that's a whole other episode. Okay, and another way that we sprinkle prosody on top of our language for effect is to express emphasis. Now, there's a great example that I just love from Seinfeld. And in this particular scene, two of the main characters, Jerry and Elaine, are trying to figure out a speaker's intended meaning by analyzing which word in a sentence got the most stress. Let's take a listen. Well, I talked to Tim Watley. Yeah? And I asked him, should Jerry bring anything? Subtle. Mm -hmm. And he said, why would Jerry bring anything? All right, but let me ask you this question. What, what? Which word did he emphasize? Did he say, why would Jerry bring anything? Or, why would Jerry bring anything? Did he emphasize Jerry or bring? I think he emphasized wood. So everything we just covered were ways in which we can sprinkle prosody on top of our language to add some additional context, texture, and effect. But what does it mean for prosody to be baked into the recipe of a language. This takes us to path number two. Unbeknownst to some English speakers, there are a ton of languages for which the prosodic feature of pitch is meaningfully contrastive. Yes, we're talking about tonal languages like Mandarin Chinese or Hausa, a Nigerian language. So what exactly is a tonal language? 
It's a language for which tonal changes, that is, variations in pitch, within a word can change the word's meaning or even its grammatical function. In fun fact, most tonal languages have between two and three tones, but a few actually have up to five distinct tones. And there are two main types of tone that I want to mention today. There's word tone, which linguists call lexical tone, and grammatical tone. So word tone changes the meaning of a word completely. For example, in Mandarin, ma pronounced with a high and level pitch means mother, but the same phonetic segment pronounced with a high falling pitch, ma, means scold. The closest thing we have to word tone in English is the difference between entrance and entrance, but it's not the same thing because we can add the desired stress on those syllables through other prosodic features like loudness and longer syllable duration. Pitch isn't baked into our vocabulary. For example, I could say entrance or entrance, and you'd understand it to be the entrance to a house regardless. So long story short, English is not a tonal language, even though we do have variations in pitch in our language. Okay, now less common than word tone is grammatical tone. Igbo, a Nigerian language, is a perfect example of grammatical tone. In Igbo, if you want to say the word jaw, you would say the word in a low tone. But if you want to indicate that the jaw is in the possessive form, let's say it's like a monkey's jaw, then you have to use a high tone on that word jaw. So if we mapped this idea of grammatical tone onto English, that'd kind of be like saying monkey jaw instead of monkey's jaw. Cool, right? Okay, so what have we learned so far? Well, prosody can be optionally sprinkled on top of a language for added emphasis or effect, and it can be baked into the language itself as evidenced by tonal languages like Mandarin or Igbo. This takes us to our third and final path to prosody, which is that prosody can oftentimes be simply a byproduct of the language's underlying syllable structure. What do I mean by that? Well, for example, in the Hawaiian language, almost every single word has the same predictable syllable structure. It's got a consonant followed by a vowel. But in English, we love... Okay, did you hear that extended vowel duration for emphasis? Such a good sprinkling of prosody right there. But in English, we love consonant clusters and diphthongs. Consonant clusters are two or more consonants that are adjacent to one another, like in the word sixth. Diphthongs are two or more vowels adjacent to one another, as in the word right. So obviously, because Hawaiian has this very regular consonant-vowel-consonant-vowel syllable structure, the length of each of its syllables tends to be quite regular, and that makes its prosody and rhythmic timing more regular. Laila, so how does this affect the rhythmic timing of these languages? Well, if Hawaiian's got this very regular consonant-vowel-consonant-vowel syllable structure, it ends up making the overall prosody more regular in terms of its rhythmic timing. Whereas languages like English, with our clunky intermittent consonant clusters and diphthongs, have less regular rhythmic timing, which of course affects the overall prosody of the language. Well, there you have it. That is prosody in a nutshell. Since we covered a lot in today's episode, let's do a quick recap. Here are the three takeaways that I want you to leave with. First, prosody, often referred to as the music of language, is the aspect of language that gives 
prominence to certain syllables or words over others. Second, the three main features that drive prosody are loudness, pitch, and duration. And typically sounds that we perceive as prosodically prominent are louder, higher pitched, and longer in duration. And finally, there are three main reasons why we use prosody. First, it can be optionally sprinkled on top of our speech for added emphasis or effect, as in, why would Jerry bring anything? Second, it can be baked into a language, as is the case with tonal languages. And finally, it can simply be a byproduct of underlying syllable structure rules. Well, that's the end of the episode. And friends, this was our ninth and final episode of season one of How Language Works. If you haven't caught our previous episodes in this series, go check them out. We've covered phonetics, phonology, syntax, morphology, all the good things. And if you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing, liking, and reviewing the show. Oh, and I almost forgot. If you love quizzes and you love language, then check out the link that we have for you in the description. It's a fun, short digital quiz that you can take to see if you understand prosody. Some of the questions are easy, some of them are hard, but I believe in you. For more fun language content, you can follow us on your favorite social media platform at Mango Languages. Thanks for listening. And from me and the rest of the Mango Languages family, stay happy, stay healthy, and language on. Ciao.